0: Far too many female advisors have spent years adapting to a business model designed for men, which often undermines their strengths as women. Not anymore. Welcome to the FemEx Advisor podcast, a show designed to empower female financial advisors to fearlessly embrace their authentic selves. Adri Miller Heckman, founder of FemEx Advisor, will inspire and empower women to leverage their natural strengths as women and create a more successful practice that feels effortless long for female driven inspirational and motivational strategies to help you create the extraordinary life you have always wanted now onto the show welcome to today's podcast
1: i'm adri miller heckman your host and founder of femexadvisor.com where women fearlessly embrace their authentic self you know every once in a while you meet a woman And she's just got it all together. You're almost jealous, right? She looks good, she sounds good, she's thoughtful, she's articulate. Well, that's our guest today. Ariel Batoni, she has her own independent practice, refreshinvest.com. But she didn't have that independent practice when I started working with her. But I'm gonna let Ariel tell her story. Let's talk about you graduated from Berkeley. Talk about
2: how you got into this industry, Ariel. Well, thank you so much for having me with you today. Adri, I'm super excited to be here. (laughs) Yes. So I jumped into the financial industry as soon as I could, right after graduating from Berkeley. Just a little bit of background on me. I was always a math nerd growing up. Math was my favorite subject. I actually didn't declare my major for a while at school because... I didn't know what I wanted to focus on. I just loved taking math. So I just kept taking more and more math courses. And I didn't realize that you could do something else with math other than teach. And so what I found out at school was that you could apply it to a subject. And that was so exciting for me. So what I decided to do was um, apply math to economics. That's where I found out about the financial industry and realized that my love of numbers could be used in such an exciting and extraordinary way.
1: So we were just talking before this call. Is your math nerdness equate to your perfectionism? Probably. (laughs) It's because numbers are so perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of perfect, so not only do you go into the financial industry, but you go the hard route. For most women, this would be almost traumatic. Let's talk about that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely an adrenaline rush, but it was in a good way because it was exciting. It was really fast paced. The door that I entered through was through the institutional side. So I sat on a trading desk. I would have to get up at 4.30 a.m. Pacific time because we worked East Coast hours and it didn't end. I didn't end at 2 p.m., I would work well into the evenings, and I would um, stay all night often.
1: I mean, what the hell motivated you to go into the institutional side? Because that's, I mean, being a trader is one thing, but then institutional trader
2: is another. What was that like? It was really stressful at times. I mean, this was before 2008. So if you can imagine, I mean, everything was on such a big positive high and an upswing. People didn't think that it was ever going to turn around. And there was just such a positive, like I said, and, and it was this rush. I mean, we'd get in, even though it was 4.30 in the morning. I mean, things were buzzing. You'd walk into the floor, the phones were ringing, people were yelling, and you just didn't realize that the rest of the city was still sleeping.
1: So were you finished? I know I built my practice in Newport Beach and we would be in at 6, 6.30 in the morning. By 2.30 in the afternoon, the office is cleared out and everybody's at the beach.
2: Yeah, that wasn't me, unfortunately. <laughs> you were still grinding away. I was. So as soon as the traders packed up and left, the analysts, so I was a structurer, we were given our workload for the evening because they had to get everything out by the morning for all of, to do all of the sales for the uh, bond securities. So I would work through the night. I would work with accountants overnight, with attorneys to make sure that everything was in order for the next morning.
1: That must have been, I mean, I hear what you're
2: saying. We all love a challenge, but didn't that get old? It didn't. It's surprising because you wanted to work your way up. And my, my now husband and I have a funny joke that he didn't even know I knew how to cook when we were dating because I was never home because I had dinner at the office every night. And it wasn't until years after we were dating that I made something, and he said, "Oh wow, I didn't know that you knew how to cook." <laughs> I love that. So, what changed? It was actually the the it was the world around us. So it wasn't a change that I voluntarily made. It was 2008 happening in the financial crisis. Otherwise, I would have stayed. I was just getting to the point where I was going to have I was I was going to go up in the ranks and have a junior so I wasn't going to have to work such long arduous hours but because of the world changing around us it just came to an abrupt halt
1: yeah that affected everybody mm-hmm. so how did
2: you deal with this change and what did you do next it was very tough and that was a big eye opener for me because I was the only woman in my position at the firm And again, during while I was there, I didn't feel that I was different. It was a meritocracy. I felt great. I felt that people really recognized my abilities there. It was afterwards that I realized that I hadn't made connections. What do you mean by that? That I hadn't networked, that I didn't make relationships deeper outside of the workday. So were
1: you laid off in 2008? Is that Mm-hmm. Did they have a massive layoff? Exactly. Yes. Okay. So now you are you don't have a job. Do you have kids yet?
2: No. I've just gotten married. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. So you hadn't networked. Now what? It's scary. It, it, it was you know, pretty
2: tough. I took some time off. I spent time with family and it was stressful. I felt like everyone around me was getting jobs and I wasn't sure what to do. And so I ended up taking a sales position. And that was a big change for me because I was in analytics prior
1: to that. And what kind of a sales position did you take?
2: So it was still institutional. So I didn't work with individual customers or like retail customers at that time. So I worked for fund companies. So I would sell securities to large fund companies like JP Morgan and Vanguard. Was that like being a wholesaler for the institutional side? Somewhat. Yeah, exactly. So the firm I worked for created bonds. So we were an originator, but we would create new product and to the fund companies. Okay.
1: So you go through this, you know, your life is on track. You know what you want to do. You're mm-hmm. a math nerd. You mm-hmm. get into the institutional trading floor. You love it, love it, love it. And then the world falls out to, you know, the rug gets pulled out from under you. So now you've got this time. And I know that layoff does not mean it has anything to do with your value, but it can be
2: emotionally demoralizing. And I also felt a bit lost. I I felt I didn't have direction anymore because the path I was on, it ended. That job function, it didn't exist anymore. So you
1: get into sales. What did you like about it? What did you not like? I didn't like much
2: about it. It was so hard for me. And I instantly had a new respect for people in a sales role. I had no idea it was so difficult and draining. So I found it very stressful. You know, things were still pretty much a mess in the industry. And so it was very difficult to get any business done.
1: Okay. So wait a minute. Sales was really tough, but today you're an independent financial advisor. Which has everything to do with sales. This is true. How did you get the,
2: connect the dots for me? <laughs> I think I had to get comfortable with it. So it was a big step out of my comfort zone. A little bit more about me is I was very shy growing up, very quiet. I was not a big extrovert, and so. Talking and relating was just not a comfortable area for me. I hadn't done it much.
1: How many women were in your role at the time? There was one other woman. So you're being taught how to sell? Mm -hmm. Yes. And you're probably being taught the penguin model, which is
2: more the approach that men take. It was, but not to the extent that I later saw that. So when you're on the institutional side, it's still very much that meritocracy where you don't see that big difference. It was when I switched over into wealth management that it was very, very apparent. So what made you switch to wealth management? So by that point, I had my children and I really missed the analytics. I had been in an institutional sales position for going on seven years and it was just not what I wanted to do anymore with my life. And so bridge the gap here for me. I wanted to do something different. I wasn't sure what, again, kind of that pivoting point of thinking about what I ultimately wanted to do. And by this point, I was much more comfortable in a sales role and I had made connections and relationships. And so I knew the value of it. And I had decided that I really wanted to maintain those relationships and continue in a sales role, but I wanted that analytical piece back.
1: Okay. So you really started to, just all these experiences are really forcing you out of your comfort zone to learn different aspects of the job, right? And all of this is leading you somewhere. Exactly. But it's a bumpy ride.
2: Oh, yeah. There's a lot of twists and turns. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a lot of late nights
2: and uh, yeah. So you, you go from sales now what? So I transitioned into wealth management, okay. which again, I didn't realize how different it was switching from the institutional sell side of the business into what we had called the retail side, So, which is also known as the wealth management side. And what was different? What did you learn? So I immediately was tasked with creating a book of business. And again, very different. I was Hoping that I was joining a team. And so I wanted to work with others. I didn't want to be on an island by myself. Did you have to
1: prospect? Absolutely.
2: Oh, did they give you leads or
1: you had to find your own leads? I had to find my own. Oh, oh, for an introvert, that's not easy. <laughs> so,
2: how did you do that? It actually wasn't that difficult by this point. So, you know, I got like, like I said earlier, I had gotten more comfortable with being in a sales position. I didn't think about it as selling anything. I felt the way that I thought about it was in my mind, I had a lot of experience and knowledge from being on the institutional side of the financial industry. And I just wanted to share it. I wanted to share my experiences. I wanted to share being a working mother, and just to help other people get their lives organized financially. So when I met you, you were not in a good place. No, I was not. Yeah. Why not? When I met you, I was in another pivot, but I was stuck. And unlike the other transitions or I could figure it out, and I got myself on to my next path. I could not at this point. And it had been a while. I had felt that it wasn't that I needed to change the position. I loved what I was doing. Love, I still am a financial advisor. So I knew that's what I wanted to do. I just couldn't figure out how to make it work in the environment I was in with the tools I was given. And so I felt that is this me? What am I not doing right? And that's when I realized I need help. You know, what's interesting is
1: you got into this business in a very, very heavy testosterone side of the business, right? But you loved it. And now as you transition through all these positions, and now you're a retail financial advisor, you're stifled. And part of the stifling was the environment you were in. I mean, that's what I could see. You, it was almost like you lost all your confidence.
2: That was a big piece of it.
1: Yeah. And why women? I mean, obviously, you reached out to me. I would assume that you wanted to focus on women at
2: that point. Why? I was really interested in it because of what I was observing. And that is a big piece of what I like to do. I like to observe situations. And so at that point, when I had switched over into wealth management, a lot of the meetings that I was in, I could sense that there was a lot of uncomfortable conversations and a lot of it stemmed from not always, but I could sense that when we were meeting with couples, the woman would often seem like she wanted to ask a question or wanted us to discuss further, but she didn't either because she didn't feel comfortable asking the question. She didn't want to seem like she didn't know what we were talking about. And so I could sense that there was that kind of sense in her body language. And so I just wanted to make her feel more comfortable. And And how did you do that? Well, that was why I reached out to you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So not only are you shifting now more to women, but as I'm working with you, I'm recognizing that until you get out of the environment you are in, you are not going to excel. It was like this dark rain cloud over you. And I see that, I cannot tell you how often I see that with women advisors that I coach. They can be super excited, love what they're doing, But when they share it with their firm or their management team, they get no support, no acknowledgement. They're almost discouraged. Discouraged. In fact, a lot of times when you create, you know, in the work that we did together, we create this fabulous message, it speaks to the heart of the woman and then you submit it to compliance, and they're basically critiquing your marketing approach. They're not doing their job compliance-wise. They're basically saying, you know, this isn't going to work, so we really don't want you to do this. That's like crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. So, you would always, you know, you really never had this entrepreneurial mindset would you
2: say I agree. or did you no, i never i never would have predicted that i would own my own company never and not only that but
1: this whole transition is going on through covid exactly oh my yeah. i remember having coaching calls with you and you know the kids were at home and your son's diving over the sofa <laughs> <laughs> Which I, everybody, all the women are like, oh, excuse my child. I'm like, no, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So I'm really at this stage encouraging, uh, probably pushing you, but I like to say encouraging you to really consider going independent, opening up your own practice. Okay. What was scary about
2: that? And what was exciting? Well, the whole thing was scary. Being out on my own, which is ironic because I felt that I was on my own at the, the large company I was at. I think a lot of it is you know, acceptance. It's coming up with your own thoughts and ideas and you know, worried about how people are going to react. Back to that confidence issue that you said earlier. Confidence is a biggie,
1: but when you talk about acceptance, who did you want to be accepted by? My peers. Your peers in the firm that you were at, or your peers in your community, and you're very well networked. It was more about the peers of the firm. Oh, that's why we had to get you out of there. And that's not. Uncommon. It it is amazing. I mean, look at your background, and yet here you ended up with all your accomplishments in this firm where your work experience is unbelievable, and yet you still want their approval. Mm -hmm. Okay. So slowly but surely, we get you to take the plunge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you open up your own practice. What was that like? I mean, every step of your career has pushed you out of your comfort zone.
2: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm.
1: Every step and all the experiences. And I think that's the most important thing women have to recognize is that success is not all these highs. Success is more about the challenges, the uncomfortable positions we get put in, and it's building this foundation of experience that builds your confidence. Mm -hmm. So, where are you at now? Describe what you do and your confidence and what you love.
2: Well, I like talking about this. So, the firm today, as you said, it's an independent firm. Importantly, it's also fee-only, and that was something I didn't even. Realize or know about when I moved over to the wealth management side. And that was really important. Kind of back to what you said about the environment and the way that I was feeling at the firm. I didn't know it at the time, but now where I am today, I know that I didn't like selling products. And, you know, and, and this is something that maybe a lot of women can relate to is that feeling of being in that sales position where you're not there to sell a product, you're there to help somebody improve their life. And so, taking away that conflict was huge for me. So, the firm is not only independent, we are also a fee-only firm, and we are serving professional women and families. And I feel wonderful saying it. And the minute that we announced with my, my partner, Pamela, and I announced that we were combining our practices and made the um, communication of the firm, it was just positivity from there on out. <sighs>
1: And it's not, now you can focus on really pleasing the people that are important, which are your clients. Exactly. Because your managers aren't going to build your business for you. Your peers aren't going to build your business for you. You do not need their approval. And I think this is, we're going to have to wrap this up, but this is an ideal example of there's. Two ways of building your business, the old school way, which works for a lot of people, especially men, prospecting, selling, and closing. The new school way, the Femex advisor way is building relationships, inspiring people, and then motivating them to do what's best. And that's what you're doing now.
2: Yeah. From the minute we started talking, when you explained that difference in philosophy, that's when I knew I was in the right place. Oh. I love that.
1: (laughs) So, can you share just a piece of advice for any of the women that are listening, considering everything you've gone through? What one piece of advice would you give them?
2: What I would say is don't shy away from or hesitate to ask for help on your career journey. And that was something that I felt that I put off thinking, I can figure this out. I'll you know, make my way through it and, you know, power through. It doesn't always need to be that way. And I'm so thankful that I made the call to you because it really did change my life. And I think that with everyone, you just, you really just don't know until you reach out to somebody what that encounter can do and the potential that it can have for you.
1: You know, I think too, the not reaching out and powering through is a very warrior mentality. Yes. And we as women, I was a warrior too. We were weaned. We're Mm going to prove to the world that we can do this and we can do it on our own. That is not a woman mentality. Women love learning from each other. And so, and that's why I think you were really determined to open your practice in a partnership, not on your own. And you picked a great partner. I love my partner. I, know. I love your life. <laughs> Arielle, you have been absolutely fabulous. Thank you for joining us on the call today. For those of you listening, if you love this podcast, share it with all your friends and, and, and peers and other women advisors so we can all fearlessly embrace our authentic self. Thank you for joining us today. Check out Refresh, invest. You will see how Ariel has taken all the messaging that we worked on and really honed who she is, who she helps, and how she does it. Well done, Ariel. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you for listening to the Femex Advisor Podcast with Adri Miller Heckman. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. And connect with Adri on LinkedIn. To learn more, visit Adri's website at femexadvisor.com. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Femex Advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.